Welcome. You are listening to the Mindful Minute, meditations created for everyday joy. I'm Meryl Arnett, mama, meditator, and head of mindfulness for Shoreline Meditation App. This podcast is recorded from my live Monday night meditation class, where we have a brief discussion followed by a 20-minute guided meditation. If these meditations support you and your practice, please consider donating to the show to support its continued growth, new offerings, and its ever-expanding team. You can find the link in today's show notes or simply visit merylarnett.com and click on podcast. All right, y'all, let's practice. Well, happy Monday. Happy final discussion on roots. (laughs) So we have talked about roots all month, right? This, uh, you know, metaphor, I suppose, in many ways of tree roots or plant roots. And we started with roots as something that is innate, something that is in within every seed. It's within us, our ability to be rooted our ability to feel centered and grounded and clear, to be anchored in the present moment, that is innate. We all possess the skill to be present. And we might have forgotten, and we might need to practice, but we all innately are able to tap into that. And so we talked a little bit about what it means to be present, what it means to feel our roots and to get centered, to get anchored. And then once you're there, it's like, okay, well now where do I go? Where do I explore? And so last week we talked a little bit about the paths that roots carve and the way that roots don't have any interest in our idea of boundaries. The lawn stops here. Please don't pass this line. The way that they rewild development if it's left alone, right? If we leave a building alone, the trees come back, they take it back. And in much the same way, our practice operates in this path that it's not so interested in modernity. It's not so interested in the iPhones and the iPads and the social medias. It's not that the teachings become less relevant because life speeds up and life has gotten more technologically advanced. And in fact, what we see is those teachings become more relevant, right? They don't stop at the line where we say, oh no, well now we're in the 2022 year. So these teachings couldn't possibly be relevant 3000 years later. They don't stop, the roots don't stop. And so the practice again is saying to us, where are you on your path? And we get to explore that. We get to feel where our path is carving and has been carved. And today what I want to talk about, this last little piece on roots, I want to talk about the way roots weave together. And this particular idea really came from a book called Finding the Mother Tree by Susan Samard. And she's a forest ecologist. And she sort of turned the science of forest on its head in some ways. And I think it's so cool that she did this because the, the original thinking for many, many years was that trees operate as these isolated giants. 
every tree out for themselves to get the most sunlight, the most water, the most nutrients so it can survive. And what she showed through her research is that is categorically untrue. And in fact, forests as a whole operate through a woven network of fibers. And the trees not only support one another, but they share news with one another. They warn of insect or illness coming or drought. They share nutrients. The older trees help the younger trees figure out how to thrive. So one way that she describes it at one point is that the forest roots are entangled. And that word really jumped out at me, entangled. And if you read the definition of entanglement from physics, you know I'm a budding physicist, y'all. In physics, entanglement is this. It's particles that are found to have correlated attributes such that they act not as individual particles, but as an inseparable whole. Entanglement is when a bunch of little things stopped acting like a bunch of little things and start acting like one big thing instead. I think that's interesting because, you know, if I think about something being tangled, I don't think about like a bow. I think about a messy knot that's a disaster. And entanglement is actually saying, let's look at that a little differently. Let's look at how all of these little pieces come together to create something whole, something that acts in a different way. And so I think of our meditation practice and I think of entanglement on two levels. The first of which is this. I think that our practice actually entangles with our lives. That's probably a very obvious statement, right? But when we start meditating, is it not true that you sit on your meditation cushion and you set your timer and you do your little 10 minutes and it's like, that is the little thing. And then you get up and you go do all the other things of your day and they're not necessarily related, right? But over time, as we practice, we start to feel like, is that my meditation practice peeking through while I'm sitting in rush hour traffic? Is that my meditation practice tying itself around the way I respond to emails at 5 p.m.? I think it is. And so I wanted to revisit something. I've shared this a couple times, but it's one of my favorites. So I'm going to share it again. In um, this book called Buddha's Brain, this is like the science of meditation, the authors write about the stages of awakening. Like, I'm going to start meditating. Here's what's going to happen in my brain. This is sort of the rough outline of these stages. So stage one, this is like, I don't meditate. Maybe I'm thinking about meditating one day, but I haven't actually started a practice. Stage one, your partner forgets to bring the milk home. You complain angrily without seeing that your reaction is over the top. Stage two, I'm starting to meditate. You realize that you've been hijacked by emotion, but you can't help yourself. Internally, you're squirming, but you can't stop grumbling bitterly about the milk. Stage three, well, now I've been practicing for a while. I'm really committed to my meditation practice. 
some aspect of the reaction arises, but you don't act it out. You feel irritated, but you remind yourself that your partner does a lot for you already, and getting cranky over milk will just make things worse. And then stage four, the reaction doesn't even come up. And sometimes you forget you ever had the issue. You understand that there's no milk and you calmly figure out what to do now with your partner. Can you see almost visually how this is like threads weaving through an experience until it completely changes the experience into something different? This is the meditative version of entanglement. I cannot think of a better way to describe it. All of these little reactions that I have all day long about things that rub me the wrong way. And over time, my practice is weaving itself around all of those little reactions until suddenly it's now this different thing. I move differently through my day. The other way that I think entanglement shows up is entanglement with other meditators across space and time. So yes, I mean in the sense that you and I are meditating together, but also in the sense that when we take a seat and we say, now is my time to meditate, we are connecting ourselves to hundreds of thousands of human beings across thousands of years that have done the same thing that have set the same intention. And just like we can think about these trees in the forest and their roots reaching out and tangling with one another and communicating, communicating support and warnings and care, this is what happens when we meditate in community. You know, it's so interesting. Sometimes you'll have an experience in meditation and you'll be like, that was really weird. Like, was that interesting? Am I going a little bit crazy? Should I tell somebody about that? Should I not? And when you're in community, chances of somebody else saying something equally odd, maybe not the exact same thing, but equally odd, which then frees you up to be like, oh, well, let me tell you what happened in my practice the other day. Or let me tell you how like all of a sudden this practice that I love so much became really boring and tedious and this very challenging task. And two weeks ago, I loved it and I couldn't stop raving about it. When we're in community, now all of a sudden we have other people to go, oh yeah, that's happened to me too. Here's what I did or here's how it changed for me. And so our practice, this meditation practice, we can think of it in terms of entanglement or in terms of being interwoven, right? Entangled with our daily lives and entangled with all the other meditators across space and time that help hold us up so that none of us need to feel like I have to be an isolated giant. So we'll practice and we'll practice with this idea of being interwoven and maybe feeling some of the joy that stems from that connection. Yeah. Okay. 
So let's find a comfortable seat. And if you've already been seated that whole time, take a minute just to wiggle around. You can uncross and recross your legs if you like. Let your hands rest down onto your lap. And if you'd like, you can let your eyes close. And if that doesn't feel quite right, you can always take a soft gaze down towards the earth. And together as a group, let's take a nice big inhale in through the nose. And exhale a sigh out of the mouth. And we'll just do that again, inhaling deeply. Exhaling a sigh out of the mouth. And then we simply allow our breath to flow without any need to control it or shape it. And we just get to sit and breathe. More often than not, that is a complete luxury. And over the course of these next few breaths, silently say to yourself, now is my time to meditate. Now is my time to meditate. And as you say those words, as you state that intention, See if you can feel it interweaving with all the other intentions to meditate being uttered at this moment. As well as across the arc of time. Think of how many threads must be tied up in that statement. as those threads weave themselves into your present moment. Perhaps you find a way to sit down more deeply. You let go a bit of the gripping or the ways that you hold yourself up. And instead, you imagine yourself melting down into the cushion or chair beneath you. Melting through the hips and the thighs. Feeling a sense of letting go all along the sides of your spine. So even though you're seated tall and upright, you're not tense. You're not gripping. Maybe you feel yourself melting across the back of the shoulders. Along the collarbone. Feel a sense of lengthening along the back of your neck. A letting go behind the ear. A 
and a little lift along the top of the head. And as we sit and we breathe, we let go of the space across the forehead. Feeling our forehead smooth and broaden. We let go of the skin around the eye. the temple and all the way down through the inside of the cheeks. Perhaps for a moment you feel the way the chest rises and falls as you breathe. Gradually let go of the muscles through the belly. And we take time here to really feel that as we breathe in, our belly expands, it gets bigger. And as we breathe out, our belly very subtly contracts. You don't have to exaggerate this. You're just feeling in some small way. An inhale is expansion. An exhale is contraction. The more you feel into this smooth, steady breath, the more you notice its weight, its rootedness. The breath inviting you to experience this moment fully. And as we become more and more present, we feel the practice itself weaving around us. Connecting to other meditators. Connecting with every moment of our lived experience.
And so in a moment, we'll settle into about 10 minutes of silence. And as we sit in that silent space, we keep feeling the breath. The inhale expansion, the exhale contraction. And everything else that rises up. The thoughts, the distractions, the discomfort. You can just let everything else settle right inside the practice. You don't have to push it away or fight it. Let all of the little pieces entangle until it becomes just this moment. Just this breath.
And gently here we start to feel that breath. Feeling the way you expand on inhale and contract on exhale. Feeling the way the practice has woven itself through you and around you. And as you start to deepen your breath, you might straighten up your spine if you've slumped over. Start to wiggle your fingers and your toes, finding your edges once again. And together, we'll take one last deep breath in. Releasing a little sigh. Taking all the time you need to blink your eyes open and let go of the practice. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Mindful Minute. If you're enjoying these episodes, please consider leaving me a review wherever you get your podcast. It really helps others to find this show. To learn more about my live classes, virtual meditation retreats, my meditation app Shoreline, or to make a donation to the show, please visit MerylArnett.com. Thanks again. I'll see you next week.